Hello, how do you do? I'm Ben. I'm about a podcast with Adel. We talk about video games and craft beer. And possibly about babies. And how they don't like us. How they want to ruin our lives. Welcome to Tagged Up, the podcast all about craft beer and video games. We drink a load of craft beer, we talk about said craft beer, and more importantly, or just as importantly, video games, which is probably why you're listening to us. I'm Ben Noether, and this week, as always, I'm joined by Adult Kershey. Hello. Hello, sir. You good? I'm, I'm quite good. Uh, quite well. Good. Say. Excellent. Um, uh, it also, it being officially December, yes. uh, it marks our first uh, Christmas-themed episode. Ooh, you know what Christmas that means? In- if you're not Christian, turn this off. So, unfortunately, <laughs> this will be a solo endeavor by Ben. Um, hey, I'm sorry, not Christian. Folks. I can't <laughs> Were I you can't not chat. raised at all in uh, not even nope. like fake COE? Nope. Okay, well then, this is our first holiday episode. <laughs> I didn't know that. If I, and, okay, um, look at me, assuming all white people are Christian. And, hey, there you go, man. You racist. That's me. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, we are starting we should, uh, with our Christmas week with which beer, Ben? Um, the first beer we're going to go with, I believe the beer itself is called Merry Christmas, Happy New Year by Anchor Brewing. I think it's Merry Christmas, Happy New Year 2016 by Anchor Brewing. Yep. Brewing but I'm uh, yes, that's correct, yes. 2016 as well. It is a... What's the tree? It's got a tree on the front, and it says 1,000 mile tree. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that is. All right, well, it, it's it's presumably... I, I, I was in San Francisco a year or so ago. I don't remember hearing about no tree. No? Nothing about no tree? No. There's a little bit of flavour text around the neck of the bottle. Slightly odd. I didn't even notice. And does it go across? So this is the 42nd annual, our special ale from the brewers at Anchor. It is sold only from early November to mid-January. The ale's recipe is different every year, as is the tree on the label. There we go. But the intent with which we offer it remains the same. Joy and celebration of the newness of life. Since ancient times, trees have, trees have symbolised the winter solstice when the earth, with its seasons, appears born anew. This lone pine was found 1,000 miles from Omaha during the westbound construction of the Transcontinental Railroad. There we go. You'll, you'll notice that that was a really awkward read because it's around the neck of the bottle and you've got to continuously turn the bottle as you read. Arbor, put it on the back. It's easier for me. Yeah, seriously, folks. Alrighty. Ooh, look at this. Look at this. That oh, is a, a dark, nice... dark beer. That wasn't what I was expecting. For some reason, I thought it was going to be something very ailey. Yes, I did. I thought it would be a lot lighter than this. Sort oh, of, wow, uh, that smell. You can, I can smell the nice um, malt, chocolatey malts from here. Mm, definitely, that is sweet. 
Oh, that's nice. That looks beautiful as well. It's got a nice carbonated head. Yeah, it's it's not, not very thick. It's like three millimeter thick head. Mm, um, it's not as as kind of uh, you know color wise. It looks very much like a stout. It's really that sort of that that deep dark color. Um, yeah. But head wise, it's very it's very frothy and carbonated, but not creamy. It's not as a, a you know it's not creamy like a stout. But I, I get alcohol right off the nose, which is interesting yeah, very. It's only six and a half percent. Mm. But it, it like you get that very strong alcoholic taste. Or taste, smell. You do, you do. Have you had a taste? I haven't. I'll give it a go. Ooh. It's a little plummy Ooh. as well in the nose. I think it's plummy. plummy. Yeah. Or yeah, something. I can see where you're getting that on the on the taste as well. There is that that fruitiness to it. But oh you, wow! It's sort of it's underscored really by you. You do get that alcohol flavor coming through definitely. Yeah, it's sort of not it, too it, much though. It adds. It, it's definitely a big component of the um, the dryness that comes along mm, mm. at the end. You're getting coffee um, lingering, I think, in the after. The dryness doesn't last that long, but it's definitely there. Um, it's clearly a porter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess we should definitely. say. <laughs> um, I think it's what was the the um, the Buxton we had a few weeks ago. The extra porter. Um, mm, it's very right. similar to this. It's it, you know this one does have that that coffee sort of uh, tone to it. It's got the sweetness of a porter, but with the Buxton you could kind of get that alcohol undertone from it. And I think this is a little bit more nuanced than than the Buxton yeah, I, was. I think it's that fruitiness that really gives it like a third dimension. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree. Mm. This is very nice. It's, this is a very easily drinkable beer. Yeah. Um... I'm really surprised by it. I, I mean, I obviously was didn't have much to expect because um, it didn't say what it was on the bottle. I've never had an anchor seasonal, so this is my 42 is year one for me. Um, but uh, it's um, yeah, you're right. Uh, when we're when I'm thinking about that uh, Guatemalan coffee porter we had, yeah, um, I, I think it was stronger. But it didn't have an alcoholic taste, but it definitely sort of leaned on the coffee and a little bit of the chocolatey notes. There wasn't a lot of chocolate, but there was a little, if I recall correctly. Mm. While this, mm. like the the coffee notes are, are solely in the end. Like the, the, there's so much else going on that it, it, it if it's there in the act, like the the foretaste, if you forgive the the term, if it's there in the foretaste, then uh, it, it's melded really well with that sort of more the fruitier. Um, taste that of like a fruitier porter which is yeah yeah i know it's blended through quite well you don't have one you don't have one flavor which really sort of stands out and punches in it it all sort of moves through the the the, you know the for the mid and the 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 after it moves through very nicely through those different flavors i was gonna say i couldn't just say that better myself but it was clear i didn't say it um (laughs) but yeah i think that's exactly it is is a lot of the times when we have beers, um, they're sort of very distinct flavors at distinct times. And this is a very much a unified taste throughout. And that's not to knock it. It's not sort of, it's it's not like a mutt. It's not like a, just a uh, throw all the drinks in a barrel and you get what you yes. get. It just, it just blend the, the different tastes have blended really well and they are yeah. all working together. So there's never sort of one on top, which is actually kind of refreshing. Um, because it just sort mm. of, especially because that taste lasts until sort of the very end of the finish. 
Yes, um, yeah. because then it, it's just it's just, like you said, it makes it very drinkable because you, you you're feeling the same thing all throughout. Yeah, completely. Good. Let's enjoy this. Why don't you kick us off this week, Adol, and tell us about what you've been playing? What the hell have I been playing? Lots, I imagine. I don't. Loads of games all the time. I played Borderlands. Started up a, a Borderlands one. Wow. Because I don't know, I felt like it. I guess. Yeah. And that was. Uh, I forgot how how fun that world is. Mm, mm. I I have yet to play Tales from the Borderlands, although I got it in some pack or whatever. Uh, and I've uh, honestly the one thing that I wanted to do was find someone else who had Borderlands on PC and, and do do it co op because I've never played a Borderlands game co op. Okay. Yep. I think that would be. I've heard a lot of good stories from people about how that's uh, the way forward. Yeah, I, I I wonder whether you'd struggle to find someone um, on on P. Well, not just on PC, just anyone playing Borderlands because you know we we've had Borderlands Two, which is a really enjoyable game, and we've had the pre sequel as well, haven't we? Oh yeah, um, that's the one which, I, I I was actually thinking of when I said Tales from the Borderlands because Tales uh, is, a, is a Telltale one, right? Tales is the Telltale the one. The episode is an actual yeah. Borderlands game. That's the one. I was Correct. Thinking of, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I played a lot. Well, I, f- I completed um, Borderlands Two. I played a little bit of the first, not a huge amount. Um, I just don't think. Well, as you say, I, I think I would have preferred to have played it with somebody. So I don't think it held me for very long. Sort of the you know the shooter looter type game at that that point in time when it came out. Um, right. I think I would have liked to have played with someone, and I didn't have anyone to to, to play the game with. Um, but the second game, I started with a friend, and after. Maybe three, maybe four evenings, you know, maybe an hour here or there. Um, my friend said that he just couldn't get on with the um, the, the the graphics, with the visuals. Oh, just didn't, really? Didn't like the um, uh, the, the cartoony, comicy type Cell-shaded. visuals. Um, and I think it's because we were both um, playing um, couch co-op. We were both playing on the same screen, a split screen. Oh wow! And I, I think for him, he didn't like that it was—it's so pop and in your face, and you know that cell shaded really comes at you. And I think he was not sort of concentrating just on his portion of the screen. He was oh, kind of seeing what was happening on both, and it was a bit disorientating for him. And he, he you know, he stopped. Um, you know, we we stopped playing that game together, and I enjoyed the the first little bit. Um, and, and that we'd played together, so continued by myself, which is a bit of a sad statement. But um, well, yeah, I, I, and I, I've not gone to the um, the the next one, the pre sequel. I really enjoyed Borderlands Two. Um, you did this on console, obviously. Yes, this was um, this was PlayStation Three. Yeah, because it was one of the um, towards the the release of the PlayStation Four. Um, it was one of the free PS Plus games, right? On PS3. Um, I mean, this this leads us into a completely different conversation. But towards the release of the PS4, the PlayStation 3 had some really great PS Plus releases, and you you got things like Bioshock Infinite, which had only been out for maybe six months. You got Borderlands 2, which had only been out for maybe a year, uh, and and a couple of really good releases, um, free sort of. And it's, you know, a lot of people complain about that not translating through into PlayStation 4 and us not having the bigger games, but yeah, oh well. 
Um, but back to Borderlands. How are you enjoying the first Borderlands game? Have you have you played Borderlands Two? Yes, I have. It's a better game. Borderlands Two is a better yeah, game. I think. so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But I. I um. Part of it was just me and my horrible affliction on franchises, which paralyzes me from playing later ones until I play earlier ones. Yeah. Uh, which I'm getting a lot better at. But uh, I, I, to be honest, it was uh, it, it's it was on um, backwards compatibility, and so it showed up on the Xbox One list. Okay. So I just said, ah, sure, why not? But very soon, uh, I played a, a couple few hours and was like, man, I wish there was a mouse. Really? Yeah, I'm still... Well, so I picked Hunter, um, which is pretty much pistols or pistols and sniping, right? And just the... It's not an auto-aim game, right? So the precision mm-hmm. needed to do a good snipe, especially in like a boss battle, which is much more frenetic, I just... I, I was yep. struggling. So that was frustrating but i know i i it's just it is what it is uh i think if i picked maybe the rogue character i can't remember uh, what she's called off the top of my head but the one that has basically stealth right invisibility that'd be a lot easier i think on a controller just because there's less precision um aiming it's more about precision timing right and stealth mechanics which the analog sticks are great for looking around and walking um, in general. Right? Yeah, very much. Not that great yeah. for needing to quickly zoom to someone's head before they shoot you in the face. Yeah, yeah. And you, did you say that you've been playing this on um, backwards compatibility on Xbox One? Yes. Yeah, yeah. But you, you mentioned earlier about having someone else to play with on PC. So do you own it on PC as well? Yeah, it was free at some point. Oh, it was. there was a free weekend... Or they, they, it showed up as zero dollars for all of the Borderlands things, mm. and they said it was because a free weekend was coming up, and then you would. But it was given away as like a unlock license, not as a li- oh, time right. thing. Although yeah. now that I think about it, I might have gotten it. Might have been on Games with Gold, like the first one, a long time ago. But I installed it that weekend when when I was like, well, if you know, then I'll have it, and um, that's why it was installed was because the potential for it being free. I installed all of them, I think, and I haven't actually tried the other ones. Uh, mm. and, and that's and so I just went, oh, well, I might as well start with the first one, and they're all installed. Um, so I don't know if that um, sort of mistake or weird way of giving the free weekend away stayed and whether I still have a license to all of them. The more I think about it, the more I think it was a Games with Gold at some point, the first one. But, um, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, I re- I really enjoy it. I think it it's nice and mindless, and it's not, I'm not as invested uh, in it because uh, so it was a good side game. Uh, I haven't yes, really been playing yeah. a lot of Destiny, um, which was my uh, previous sort of first person fuck about by myself because I rarely play. I'd never really play with people I know, um, mm-hmm. and then my like my primary multiplayer game, as we all know, is Battlefield One. So I think it was just felt like a change of pace and just threw it on for an afternoon and ended up playing it a yeah. couple of days in a row. I, I don't know if I'll go back to it. Um, if I do, I might. it would depend on, I think, having someone to play with and or moving, I mean, re-rolling on the, on the PC, which will take no time to catch up, right? Yeah, completely. I, I think it's... Uh, I really enjoyed actually playing it um, couch co-op. I think that was a really fun way to experience the game. And um, this is Borderlands 2. Um, yeah. But 
I mean, it, you know, when when eventually when they do release Borderlands three, um, I think that that would be a, again it's going to be a similar kind of game, I would imagine. So it would be cool to have you know a, a friend come over occasionally, um, and that sort of be you know it, it's not your main shooter, but it's kind of a fun, as you say, sort of side game to have a completely different paced experience as a first person shooter. Um, to take you in a slightly different um, speed and and you know get that sort of like loot hit as well that you're constantly getting items and upgrading them and stuff, which is something that Battlefield One isn't sort of geared around. No, you're not getting that um, that satisfaction from having a really cool drop. Um, you know, the, the Borderlands or something like a, a more looter sort of base game, something like WoW or something. Yeah. Um, it, well, yeah, it's, really, the, it's the RPG issues. elements that that uh, are really fun in that that game. The upgrading and the picking your build. I mean, the builds mm. are pretty straightforward. Uh, I think by if you hit max level, you're basically up the, to the top of two of the three trees and part way up the third. At least in Borderlands One, like there were just I just remember there were so many. Like it wasn't super restrictive, mm. which which is nice for uh, for a game that sits in that zone of I just want to fuck about. So that was good. Again, I, I think it was scratching an itch I had rather than like I want to play this game, like start playing this game and finish playing this game. Yeah, like this completely. Game, it was... I will probably bla- linger for a long time. Yeah, uh, I yeah. But it, it's it's nice to have those sort of shorter experiences, isn't it? And even if it's on a, a huge game, um, it, it's just nice to have a different change of pace to not really have a goal in mind to just kind of play the game for a little bit and you know come away with it. After even after one session, just having a, a satisfied sort of gaming experience, really. Um, totally. It, it's it's uh, a lot of these games aren't really. They don't have a huge emphasis on story. Although I thought Borderlands Two story was quite good. You had a lots of little side quests to do, and it was definitely more about the world. I was going to say it's a world and the built. zones yeah. and the characters. It wasn't really about the the main sort of like storyline and stuff. So, you know. Just to experience the world and you know, play the game as such is kind of you know, rewarding in itself as a, as, a, as a different evening to play. Totally, and that's, I think, what, why I was enjoying myself. I mean, I also forgot how small the zones were and how you like go to mm. a little terminal and, and then zone into somewhere yeah. else. I'm like, oh, right. Just because in my head, I consider them like more like open world games because you can wander through the zones pretty yes. much as much as you want. You're just not going to... It's very much like an MMO where you're not going to survive very long in, in two tough zones, but nothing really like explicitly pr- prohibits you from going through. And so I just, in my head, I had forgotten that these were discrete sort of areas versus like a streaming area where it just gets more difficult. Yeah, and I, I think that they're almost built for that kind of co-op gameplay though, aren't they? For Whether it's two of you playing or you get four of you into a game. They're, they're sort of built so it, you have that kind of like level progression that uh, an online game would give you. You have your leveled zones with your, your quests. Yeah. And you don't go to a zone too early because it's going to be too hard for you and things like that. And actually, it'd be interesting to see whether Borderlands 3 remains as the previous games have done, and it's kind of a, you know, a co-op or single-player game, or whether they bump it up to something much more like Destiny, and right. you've got servers with... Hundreds or if not thousands of people per server, sort of playing through various story sort of lines and different 
um, you know, different game modes in different areas. Because I remember in two, you had that, um, there was like a, an, hey, was it a separate zone or was it within a zone? Basically you met a character and you went into a, uh, an arena and you just had wave after wave right. of enemy coming at you. And you know, that's an additional game mode that you could have, you know, in a, in a much larger open world, massive multiplayer online borderlands type game right you know, similar to how destiny does sort of the pvp stuff yeah, the crucible and, you know, the crucible and things like that so it would be interesting to see how they push this game forward considering lots of games now want you to be uber connected with everybody and have a much more community kind of experience rather than a single player um experience so yeah in- interesting to see what they're going to do with it and i believe they have announced borderlands 3 i haven't think they? so they've said we are either we are working on it or we are about to be working on it. Um, Whatever that means. Yep. There, there, there's been a little while a Twitter account called "Is Borderlands Three Out Yet?" <laughs> and sort of every week it just says no. Yeah, and I'm it, pretty it, sure once it was re- once it was announced, they just sort of retweeted everything from Gearbox that was that was coming out. So it's supposed to come out next year sometime. Nice, and I think it was only only announced that it was coming out this year, wasn't it? No, yeah, not that long ago, I don't think. So. Yeah, and I think they've refined some things since then. Um, so, like, there was there's some news articles from like October when the initial announcement was uh, was in which call it uh, January June, I think. Yes, possibly. Why don't we quickly touch on what you've been playing, and maybe crack a beer? Yes, we'll crack another beer open. Um, I, I suppose I, I really. I've not been playing very much. Let's open this beer first, though. Yeah, I thought that might be the case because you've had quite the busy week. Um, while yes. We are drinking the Brewdog, uh, their Christmas Scotch Ale, which is called Santa Paws. It's uh, 4.5% ABV. Santa Paws. Raise a glass of this 4.5% decadent Christmas Scotch Ale. Share it with friends, family, and strangers, and sit back and enjoy the view as the world descends into fairy light fueled frenzy. And if all else fails, just blame Santa. It's a nice pithy, short. A bit better than their really random flavor text that they've been doing on um, on a few of the ones that we've recently yeah. had. Um, dear listener, if you are a you know, tank up regular, you may notice that I've already drunk this beer on the podcast. Alex and I had it last year. So it would be interesting, uh, well, be interesting for me to listen back to think what I thought of that beer um, at that time and see if my feelings have changed. Probably, because I've drunk a hell of a lot more craft beer since then. So it may be that, you know, then I thought, wow, what a fantastic beer, and I drink it now and just go, huh. But we shall see. We shall see. It um it does seem like they they um which is not surprising for Brewdog um given their size and and like stability that it's they have sort of they keep to fairly steady recipes rather than some of the other ones like like Good Chemistry um for example yep, who are yep. constantly changing things you can't expect the same taste so i would be curious what the notes are because i'm sure they tried to keep the recipe fairly steady otherwise they would have said something. Is my yeah, I would think so. It's it's not Santa Paws 2016, for example. Yeah, 
is just this. I noticed that um, Brewdog have also bought out another Christmas. Well, this is yeah, this is a Christmas beer, I suppose. But they, I've seen advertised. I think it's just called Hoppy Christmas. Oh. Um, I've not seen the beer out in the wild yet, but I have seen um, promotion shots of bottles. Um, so it, we might try and pick one of those up as well if we can find it somewhere. Uh, because this one, in colour... Very similar colouring, actually. It's so similar to the Anchor. Its head but was bigger, but it disappeared much quicker. Yes, it's it's still carbonated, but again, it's that sort of lighter um, carbonation. It's not sort of creamy as a you know a stout sort of yeah. um, sort of is. Um, but I'm not getting a huge amount off the nose. Me neither. There's a slight sweetness. Yeah, but it's it's so little. Yeah, like as soon as it's, it, kind of, it's been in my nose, I try another smell, and I can't I can't even tell that the sweetness is there on like an immediate follow up smell. Yeah, definitely. But it is that kind of porter sweetness, isn't it, almost? Yeah. And I actually think, uh, I think have, having finished the last one, that it's ac- it was actually just a really dark ale. I don't think it was a porter. I think I was mistaken. No, I, I, I agree. But it, that, that, that sweetness kind of almost throws it into the camp of a porter, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh. This one, taste-wise, it's not... You know, even though it's very similar in the way that it looks to the anchor, it's not similar in the way that it tastes. You, you, it's a Scotch ale, so you're going to get a lot more of that alcoholy type Scotch barrel aged kind of taste to it, a little woody perhaps, very oaky, you, I would say. You, yeah, you really get that that through in this beer, and you kind, you really are getting a. It's nice. It's not. It's not like a punch of of alcohol, but it's a nice kind of alcohol. But that's almost it. Yeah. I'm not really getting anything else from I was this. Say, it is dry. It finishes quite dry. I'm surprised as a Scotch ale. Like it's 4.5%, so it's quite a bit weaker than the last beer. Um, and like you said, you get that. You get that Scotchy, the very sort of young, oaky Scotch whiskey taste. Mm. It's sort of in the mid to finish and then it goes quite dry and i'm actually getting uh something in along the toffee sense near the end but it's sort of amongst the dry there's something toffee is the wrong word like a Uh, yeah, okay. Actually, now, probably, now you've said toffee, that's now what I'm thinking, however. But it's it's more actually it's not, probably more like a slightly sweet cacao, maybe? Possibly. It's kind of, it's not quite that roasted kind of flavour. It's not quite a burnt-y yeah, that's what I'm kind of flavour. But it's, it, yeah, it's it's almost kind of in the middle with a slight hint of sweetness to it as well. Yeah. But I, can, I, I get what you're saying by toffee. I kind of... I, I can. I, can I can't think of see that. What but it is? But is it's it because not. you've put the word in my yeah. head? It's not toffee, but that's a like a like a the closest. The closest we're gonna have. Yeah, but yeah. Other than that, it's it's actually quite unremarkable. I'd have to say I'm not super impressed by by what's going on. Like it, it's mostly just that taste. Um, and as a Scotch ale, I think there's not. A, I mean, you can see where the Scotch went towards the taste, but there's not a lot. Mm. Like if I was looking for a Scotch ale, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't want. I wouldn't be happy with this. Does yeah, no, no, I agree. I agree. Um, but we shall. We shall we'll endeavour yeah. to finish 
the beer. Um, so, what have I been playing? Um, uh, you know, I've had a couple of evenings where I've been able to play Battlefield with yourself, yep. um, which have been fun, apart from one evening where we sort of just weren't, didn't get in the groove whatsoever. Neither of us did, either. Uh, um, no, no, we just, I uh, don't know what it was about the, the, the couple of matches that we played, but something was just I think, off, I think almost. both of us didn't have the best days. Yeah. And and then we the first match we joined was quite one-sided. Mm, mm. And it, I, I suppose that just sort of set the tone yeah. for the next couple and, of games. And in general, you have off days, through. but I, I, de- I definitely think that those helped keep it off, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, to the point where, uh, well, I mean, you had to go. I just was like, I was probably mm. going to go anyway because I was just not feeling it at all. And it also might just be um, general uh, game fatigue. I mean, we have been playing it five times a week almost for months. Yeah, almost, yeah, yeah. And I, I suppose perhaps, as you say, it might have been, might be a little bit of game fatigue. But then we, we played a couple of nights ago and had a much better yeah. session, didn't we? But then we'd had maybe two nights off from, well, from yeah. playing. So we'd had a good break um, uh, of playing it. Um, but the uh, the other game I've, I've been playing a lot more of is Hitman. Um, as I said on the previous episode, I sort of, only played the um, what came in the intro pack and what was part of right. the demo that had been released. Um, but I've now... Uh, I jumped into Paris. I played through that mission. And I jumped into Sapienza, which nice. was the second one that came out. Um, again, Sapienza just it, it, it is a gorgeous game. They've really gone into such detail on the the setting, on the environments, the buildings, the landscaping, how the you know the map itself, how everything is laid out, and they've really taken their time in allowing you to explore and have lots of different avenues to be able to you know go about your business and, and assassinate your target and there's so many different ways of doing things um and I, I think that when i spoke about it previously um and we played the demo i wasn't really feeling the opportunities so right. it's the idea that you can track a certain way of assassinating your target and I thought that maybe that would limit. Yeah, we both thought it was. It, it was. It seemed like it was saying you can. Here's a checklist. Then you're done. Yes, yes. Um, but actually, when I jumped into Paris, it was so big, and there was so you know it, it's much bigger than the boat. Any hitman level that I've experienced before, um, and I just kind of was a bit overwhelmed i'm thinking oh i could go this way or i could go this way okay i'll just walk over here okay they won't let me through i'm obviously going to need to get a disguise from somewhere who do i get what do i do so i sat and waited to see who they allowed to go through and i thought right how do i get that kind of thing and you know those, those sorts of things and it was really i was sat there for maybe about an hour just analyzing how i would do it. and i hadn't done anything i was just watching and looking and yes that is part of it but actually i thought well I'm going to have to stop playing in about half an hour's time. I'd like to at um, least kill a person at some point. Yeah, exactly. And I haven't done anything. So I jumped into one of these opportunities. Um, you know, it, it took maybe 10 minutes to, to do the five or, or six steps. Right. You know, go here, overhear a conversation, get a, a uniform from somewhere, uh, walk to this point to be able to get through 
then um, one of the opportunities in Paris was to poison a cocktail. So I, I dressed up as a barman. I went to the bar. I mixed the cocktail. I put the, went and picked up the poison. I put the poison in. And then the guy essentially came and drank the drink um, and then rushed off to the toilet. To die, um, presumably. To die. However, in my experience of this, he did not die. No. Um, I don't know whether I was meant to follow him to the toilet and um, do something, you know, to, to off him in there. Right. But um, that's the opportunity as such ended. I had done the opportunity because I had poisoned him using the cocktail that I'd mixed up. Mm. So suddenly I'm back to square one almost, um, which was interesting because then I understood the level a little bit more. Right. I sort of knew a few different routes through. I kind of understood his pathing, what he was doing, where right. he was going. So it, it helped in that regard. And I was then able to look for a different opportunity, not an opportunity, sorry, but for a different way to be able right. to um, to take him down. So yeah, I thought that that was actually, it kind of helped a little bit just to speed the process up of the, um, of the game. Um, and Sapienza was similar. You almost can look through the list of opportunities and you kind of don't need to trigger them because it kind of gives you a hint right. of what you should be doing. Yes, yeah, so you can sort so of use it as like a crib sheet rather than... Almost, yeah, almost. And and that's kind of how I approached the first kill I got in Sapienza. Um, sort of I saw something and I did what perhaps it would have suggested me to do anyway. Um, but I, I walked through the map, I heard a conversation... And after hearing that conversation popped into the menu, saw what that opportunity may have been and then thought, right, this is how I'm going to approach this. And I thought that actually that was a much better way of playing. That was a much more natural feel to how I should have been playing. And Hitman is, it, it, it almost feels, even though the, the missions have been open in all of the Hitman games, this definitely feels the most free. Flexible. Yeah, flexible. That you you can you can do anything. The maps are so big that you know I went to to take out the target in Sapienza, and I went into his compound. And actually, the map's so big that I probably didn't need to go towards his compound. I could have gone off to a ta- a building somewhere else and got myself a sniper and overlooked the the place, and then watched for him to appear on on his little routine through the day, right. and, you know, taking him out that way. Um, and it just feels like it's going to give me um, a lot of replayability as well. And Lucy says how much she enjoys it for that replayability, going in and doing things different yeah, ways. Yeah, and I think and that's why... Understanding the level. The people who fell in love with the game fell in love with it, especially because of the episodic release, because there was nothing else to do except play this level. And so they yeah, consumed yeah. the level to a degree that they hadn't done on any previous type of game. And then were super stoked when they finally felt like they had done figured out most of all of the things that when the new episode was ready, they were like, oh, yes, definitely I'm going to play this right away. Completely, completely. And I think I would have felt exactly the same had I have picked it up episodically as they so, did. So, and... so I, I brought this up because precisely because you didn't do that and you've now moved mm. from Paris to Sapienza. Do you think you'll continue playing a few hours in each and then uh, or do you think you're going to be rolling back or is this too early I, to I ask think, this question 
I think I'm going to run through the whole game. So I will get the, you know, go back into Sapienza, finish what I'm doing there, and then move on to the next mission. And I, I think I'll play all of the missions, but it's definitely something I will play more of. It's going to be one of those games that is sort of my sidecar game. As we were talking about Enter the Gungeon being a great sidecar right, game, yeah. I think this almost is as well, once you've experienced the whole thing. So, so it's going to be, I want something different tonight. I'll go and play the Paris map, and I'll try and do it in a different way because it's because it is a fun experience and it's very right. strategic. It's you know it's like the ultimate puzzle game, really. Yeah, because um, all of all this is is essentially a puzzle that you have to solve to to progress through. Um, so it's 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 very it's very satisfying. How many times did you go through the kill? Then I guess that's my question. Um, on Paris, yeah. um, there's two targets in Paris. I killed the first and then completely fucked up going towards the second. So I went back in. Um, what I should have done is had uh, it, it generates a lot of different save points. Right. So I could have reloaded straight after killing the first right. guy and, and gone on to the second. But actually, I didn't think about that and I started the mission over again right. um, and then killed both of them and once i'd done the mission i moved straight on to okay. sapienza i moved through i think it's a little because my time is limited oh yeah for sure I know. so you know i'm not playing as uh, gaming anywhere near as much as i used to with um, with evelyn stealing all of my time so i i think it was a it was a conscious decision to do right i'll, I'll do this and i'll move on to the next one and i'll move on to the next one and i will play it through but there's going to be times where I've got an hour that I will go back Yeah, so you're Paris. playing it much more like a traditional Hitman game, which explains yes, your, very much, your yeah. buying approach to it. Uh, yes, but you know completely. that there's a whole bunch of other things you could be doing, and so you're going to keep that in mind. Cool. Yeah, definitely. So we shall leave it there for another week, I think. A slightly shorter episode for you now. Two Christmas beers covered. Adol, what was your favourite beer i think i know what you're gonna say because i imagine it's probably going to be the same as mine which was the first beer the anchor <laughs> my favorite beer is definitely the anchor i mean it's not shouldn't be a surprise because i kind of felt like there wasn't much going on in the brew dog yeah completely and uh which is really actually surprising given that they of all their beers they, they generally are doing something it just not always the best of, uh, or what I you know think is the best, but this sure. time I think it was actually quite a flat showing, and, and yeah, uh, I, I was expecting agree. a lot more, uh, especially because of their pedigree. Get it, mm. Santa Paws pedigree. Ah. Nice, nice dogs. Um, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. It it just it just didn't do very much, did it? You didn't really get that that sense that it was sort of like a scotch ale it was it was kind of a little more alcoholic a little woody perhaps um maybe suggesting a little bit of barrel aging but it just just wasn't enough and the beer itself you know take the the scottish ale element out of it just as a beer they're just a little bit watery didn't have a, a very punchy kind of flavor um, so yeah, I completely agree. The anchor was very, very good. Really enjoyed. Definitely something I would have again as well. Yeah, totally. I, um, in fact, I think I probably will endeavor to do just that at some point in this uh, holiday season. Yeah, definitely good. So, if 
people want to tell you what Christmas beers they're drinking. Or they'd like to join you and play a little game of something. How do they do that? Uh, they can find me on Twitter. Yes. On PSN, on Steam, on Beam, on mm. Xbox, on Uplay, on Origin, <laughs> all. Oh, and, and on GOG, uh, at the Omniarch. That's T H E O M N I A R C H. Excellent. And on Twitch, I'm the underscore Omniarch. And of course, if you go to facebook.com slash the Omniarch, you'll see me uh, in whatever I'm sharing publicly, in which case, just click on that tanked up group there and join us. Nice. Uh, what's the name Good of that group stuff. again, Ben? On the Facebooks. Yeah. Tanked up cast. Gotta remember the cast, otherwise, you're taken, I believe, still to this fish tank. TV I thought show. the fish tank was the YouTube. Or maybe the fish tank is the yeah. YouTube. Perhaps, yes, that, that may be true, that may be true. Um, if you'd like to, to discuss beers or games with me on Twitter, I'm at Nova underscore 47. I'm also, that's on PSN, on Steam, I'm Nova underscore 47, who stole my name on Twitch. I am now Supernova underscore 47. Because when you so, stream, you stream from Krypton. Exactly. Unfortunately, I have several different monikers across a wide range of platforms and social medias and things. You, you, are, um, tw- so, you are Nova underscore 47 on Uplay as well, I think. I believe so, yes. That, you know, the, the, the best of all gaming service platforms. Um, I only mention that because uses. we've, we've uh, mentioned a couple times with um, the UB30 free game from a couple months ago, The Ooh, Crew. yes. That we yes. should get a, a a crew to play the crew as a crew, a formal crew on crew, 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 <laughs> uh, together. And uh, if you did pick that up, let us know. Um, and uh, I, I actually, um, my old roommate uh, Aaron uh, has been playing a bunch of it, and he says it's uh, it, it's uh, it's he's quite a racing 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 game aficionado, but a PC gamer, and he says it's nice. quite good in the end. And so I thought, oh, maybe I should resurrect that idea. Excellent. As long as I haven't got to climb a tower, I'll be happy. Sounds good. I think you have to drive to them. Anyway, we can talk about the crew at another time. If everybody joins us and plays, um, if you'd like to talk to us as a collective, you can get us at tanktap underscore cast on the Twitters. Um, we've got the Facebook page, Tanked Up Cast. We've got the YouTubes, Tanked Up Cast. Go to all of these things, look at all the things that we do and the posts that we share and the Things that we re- retweet and chat to us. Yeah, and send us um, you like. your beer slash video game opinions and or questions at tankedupcast at gmail.com. Oh, yes. And as always, it's tell your friends and uh, leave us one of them uh, iTunes reviews. It gives us a little more exposure and gets more people to the ears, which is always nice because then there's more people to talk to us and to you about the stuff we talk about. There certainly are. And for another week, we have been tanked up. Take it easy. Ciao. Do you require me to speak further on this subject?